2: Come in. Welcome. I'm E.G. Marshall. What would you do if a child of yours suddenly, without warning rejected everything you stood for and decided to live his own way it has happened to you you say or to someone you know you believe the generation gap only gaps nowadays do you i'm afraid that the jet lag of understanding goes back hundreds of years and puzzles parents in many countries including russia
0: Monsieur Tropolov, this may seem most peculiar to you, a perfect stranger, but could you help me?
3: Sophia, I don't wish to do anything behind your father's back.
0: My father must not know. Please understand. I must come to a decision right away, and I have no one but you to turn to.
3: My dear Sophia, please calm yourself. Of course. Whatever I can do to help, believe me, I shall. (laughs)
2: Our mystery drama, Sophia and the Pilgrim, was adapted from the Ivan Turgenev classic especially for the Mystery Theater by G. Frederick Lewis and stars Gordon Heath and Jada Rowland. I'll be back shortly with Act One. You are Ivan Tropolov, the census taker. This takes you far and wide, and today into the town of Tula, where you find an old friend, recently widowed. He has done very well in the importing business. Twenty years have passed since you were students together at the university. But it is not the intervening years, his life or yours, that quickens your pulse, but a girl. Beautiful, intense, and strange. She becomes very important to you, Ivan Tropolov, from the moment you meet her.
3: Ivan, I want you to meet my eldest daughter, Sophia. Sophia, this is Ivan, who I went to Leningrad University with. How do you do? This is a pleasure. Sophia takes my poor wife's place. Looks after the house, takes care of her little brothers and sisters. (laughs) Yes, uh, of course. Yeah, Ivan is the census taker, Sophia. You see, my dear fellow, what you are missing. Had you married when I did, by now you would also be the proud father of an eighteen-year-old. Sophia didn't look much like a capable child or housekeeper. In fact. Hers was the innocent face of a child. Blue eyes, full mouth, and fair hair that hung down in ringlets. She had an intense, almost astonished look, as though she had just seen something unexpected. I could not quite make her out. How long will you be in Tula, Yuan? A few days. Tell me, do you like census taking? (laughs) Oh, it's a terrible bore. Every town I go to is much the same. That's why I'm so delighted to find you here, Boris. <laughs> yes, you were a hellraiser, Ivan. Oh, excuse me, my dear Sophia. I'd forgotten you were still in the room with us. <laughs> This man, this Ivan Trepolov, the tricks he would play. My dear, we had a French professor with an enormous head, thick black eyebrows, a croaking voice, and he used to wear a green frock coat with black buttons. (laughs) His name was... uh, What was it, Ivan? Bulovka. Bulovka. (laughs) In in that green coat, I can see him now. Do do you know what Ivan here said to him, right to his face? Not Professor Bulovka, but Professor Bullfrog. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Funny, huh? The class was in an uproar. (laughs) Oh, you don't find it amusing, Sophia? (laughs) Well... So now you just go about notebook in hand from house to house Ivan? No, 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 heavens no. I came from Moscow to make sure the local officials have done a proper job. I check the birth rate, death rate, and so on. They assign some local clerk to help me. Then in, in Tula also? I have a nice young fellow, Andrei Andreev. Uh, I was going to say, if you are still in Tula the day after tomorrow, there is a big ball in the Hall of Nobility... And you should go. There will be some pretty girls there. And you also see our intelligentsia. Uh, Miss Sophia, allow me to ask, will you be at the ball?
0: Papa intends to go, and I shall go with him.
3: In that case, allow me to ask for the first waltz. Sophia, the girl with the Mona Lisa look, acknowledged my request with a nod but said nothing. Back at my hotel, I was joined for lunch by my assistant, Andrei Andreyev. I was silent during the meal, my thoughts giving over to Sophia, and what an enigma she was. I've noticed, sir, you're very quiet. I, I suppose for a city man it's boring here, very little for entertainment, no concerts or theaters, no sightseeing. There is one thing in, in case you should feel that way inclined. Inclined? How inclined? You would not, I suppose, like to behold the dead? Dead? As a statistic, sir, we have a man here, a simple man, cannot even read or write, but he does marvelous things. For example, if you go to him and desire to see any one of your departed friends... He can show them to you. How does he do it? Well, that's his secret. For though he is an uneducated man, illiterate, he has very great powers. Is this a matter of common knowledge? (laughs) Let us say, it's a common secret. There's a local ordinance against bringing back the spirit, so one must be careful. It's against the law. Has he shown you the dead? Yes. Yes, he has, my father. He brought him before me as if he were alive. This is truly amazing. We have no one like that in Moscow, I can tell you that. Andrei, I should very much like to meet him. Well, you can't go straight to him, but one can act through his mother. She's a respectable old woman, sells pickled apples on the bridge.
1: If you wish it, sir, I shall ask her. Oh, please do. And a gratuity, a tip, whatever you think fit, should be handed to uh, his uh, mother. I'll make her understand you're a distinguished
3: visitor in Tula, that she has nothing to fear. I am very interested, Andrei. (laughs) Madame Kapovna. Yes. I am Ivan Tropolov. I believe Andrei Andreev spoke to you about me. I have come about your son.
4: Don't stand in the street shouting where anyone can hear you. Come in, come in. (laughs) You see, I I am a little deaf. Uh, What did you say you want? I have come to
3: see your son, to arrange... My
4: son? (laughs) I have no son. But Andrei
3: told me that you...
4: A son called Andrei? Never.
3: A son called Vasili. Oh,
4: a son called Vasili? Sometimes. You are from the police?
3: You don't seem to understand, Madame Kapovna. Perhaps this will help. Uh, Twenty rubles? Fifty. I'm glad money speaks in such a loud voice.
4: Uh, My my hearing comes and goes. Yes, Andrei told me about you. Please, take a chair. You don't need to explain. You wish to sample the art of my son, Vasily?
3: I am glad I am well-recommended so when may i see him your son
4: my son oh tonight uh, come a little after seven not to this room you will find the front door open and kindly walk up those stairs straight to the room above
3: thank you madame karpovna uh, now if i may i i shall take my leave
4: and before you come here sir Think hard and well of your deceased friend or relative you are desirous of seeing. Keep him in your mind until my son enters the room.
3: Should I not tell your son who I wish to be called up? His name?
4: Not a word. He will find out for himself. So, uh, a little after seven, then? Oh, half past seven, if it is more convenient. And bring a few more roubles. Expenses are high. Uh, Another ten rubles. Uh, Speak up, I I am a little deaf. I said another ten rubles. Another twenty, that's right. Twenty rubles. Don't forget.
3: I took leave of the old woman and returned to my hotel. I was sure they were going to make a fool of me. I sat myself in the hotel dining room, ordered a bottle of Lafitte and was enjoying it when... Who should I see walking in the door but my university friend, Boris? Ivan, may I join you? I have only a little time. The town council meets tonight. I generally stop here for a bite to eat when I'm in town. Certainly. What are you doing later this evening, old friend? Why do you ask? The council meeting won't take but an hour, and I thought you might join me at home for a nightcap oh i'd like to boris but as a matter of fact i have already made arrangements to go somewhere you know people in tula well have you heard of a man who can call forth the dead (laughs) ah ha ha come now you a sophisticated man from moscow only for amusement i'm curious that's all My dear old friend, I advise you don't bother. No, I wouldn't waste my time. To tell you the truth, I thought I'd test the chap by trying to get him to materialize old Bulovka. Our old Bulovka? The bullfrog? No, he'll never bring old Bulovka back. If he does, well, I shall have to admit he's a sorcerer indeed. Oh, goodness, will you look at the hour, I shan't have time for dessert. You'll forgive me, Boris, if I run. But we shall see you at the ball, eh? Sophia, I can tell you, she would be very disappointed. Was I imagining it? Why was Boris so insistent I see him tonight, tomorrow? Frankly, can you blame me for thinking he appeared to be pushing his daughter at me? But why? I allowed myself half an hour to walk to Madame Kapovna's. Monsieur.
0: Monsieur Trapolov.
3: Yes? My goodness, it's you, Sophia.
0: Come into my carriage for a moment.
3: Certainly. Uh, this this is a pleasure, indeed. Are you taking an evening ride in your carriage?
0: Monsieur Trapolov... I know this must seem most peculiar to you, a perfect stranger. But can you help me? No one must know.
3: You place me in an embarrassing position. I i mean the, the coachman in front. What must he think?
0: Oh, don't concern yourself with him. He is quite deaf.
3: But, Sophia, I don't wish to do anything behind your father's back.
0: Oh, my father must not know. Oh, please understand. I must come to a decision right away. And I have no one to turn to but you.
3: My dear child, don't be upset. Whatever I can do, of course I shall. Is this something you must decide this very minute? Tonight?
0: Soon, very soon. Why do you ask?
3: I had made arrangements for the evening. A a certain man uh, from your village. Well, to put it briefly, they say he can materialize anyone you wish.
0: You are going to meet Vasily Karpovna this evening?
3: In a few minutes.
0: May I come with you?
3: I don't know, Sophia. When I talked with his mother this afternoon, uh, they are only expecting me.
0: Oh, she is not his mother. That old crow. She merely makes the arrangements.
3: Uh, the, The business arrangements.
0: There is no business. Everything is a donation. Vasily is a holy man.
3: You know him, I gather.
0: No. I have never met him. But I know about all the marvelous things Vassili does. Oh, it is fate that you should be going there tonight. I have always wanted to meet him. In fact, but I will tell you about that later. When does he expect you?
3: A half past seven, and it is almost that now.
0: I will have the coach take us there.
3: I don't know. Are you sure?
0: Please. Oh, please.
3: Well, if you put it that way, come along by all means.
0: One thing I must know, Monsieur Trépolov. Do you believe?
3: Believe? That he can make the dead appear?
0: Do you believe it is essential?
3: Well, I I have never seen him before. I Yes. Yes, Sophia. I believe. Mm-hmm.
2: Strange turn of events. Here you are, Ivan Tropolov, a government census taker who happens upon the town where an old friend, Boris, lives. Boris is a widower. His daughter, of 18, is beautiful and yet is troubled. So much so that she seeks you out, Ivan, in the streets of Tula to ask your help. Let's hope we shall learn more when I return shortly with Act Two. half past seven, Ivan Tropolov and 18-year-old Sophia have arrived in front of the ramshackle wooden house, its shutters barred, its front door open. The girl seems not frightened at all. Ivan, who had thought the evening a joke, is suddenly apprehensive.
3: Sophia and I mounted the rickety steps, Opened the door on the landing, and there, in a bare room with three chairs, we both sat down. A tallow candle was set in the windowsill, throwing a dim light into the room. We waited.
0: Are you concentrating?
3: Concentrating.
0: On who you wish him to bring to life.
3: Oh, of course I am.
0: Oh, it is fate that has brought me here with you. You do believe in the inevitability of fate, don't you?
3: I don't know, my dear child. I cannot honestly tell you I ever thought I could control my own fate. How could I tell this young lady that, although I was a little nervous, frankly, the entire evening which seemed to have such meaning for her was only a lark to me. A light-hearted way to pass a dull evening in a small town. We waited for ten minutes. Fifteen.
0: He's here. Look. Standing in the door.
3: I didn't hear him. Gracious, he's staring at us. No, at me. I wish they were more lighter. That is quite a big beard he has, isn't it?
0: Oh, he is beautiful. Beautiful beautiful
3: i'm getting a peculiar feeling i find i can't look at him i don't know but i actually feel afraid
0: i'm not afraid at all monsieur are you concentrating hard on who you wish brought from the dead
3: yes i am is he still there
0: he is standing very close in front of us i know he is a holy man I feel it.
3: I think we should go.
0: Go now where he hasn't begun.
3: I don't like the whole atmosphere. You can't go now, please. It's all nonsense. Please, Monsieur Yvonne. I... I can't get up. I... I can't get myself out of this chair. What is this? The candle's gone out. No, it's my eyes. They're closing. I can't keep them open. Sophia, are you still here?
0: My eyes are closed also. He has put his hand on my head. Oh.
3: No! It's not possible! Bulkova! Bulkova has come into the room. He is here. It's him, his black eyebrows, that nose. You see him? The green coat with the black buttons.
1: Go away! <laughs>
3: Unbelievable, but it was true. This Vasily had been able to make me see the very man I thought impossible to materialize. I was quite shaken. Sophia took me by the hand and led me to her carriage. Neither of us spoke a word. She was kind enough to drop me off at my hotel, and I went to the desk to ask for my key. Mr. Tripolov? Oh, it's you, Andrei. Uh, Why are you here so late? Pure curiosity. Uh, Sir, you... you saw him? You waited until this hour to hear about my adventure? (laughs) I admit it. There's not much to tell... André! That man! No, no, don't worry. The one who has just come in the hotel door. Do you know him? Oh, uh, yes, yes. He was here earlier. I I heard him asking for you at the desk. André, I don't wish to talk to him. I shall go up to my room. It was Boris, Sophia's father. I managed to get into the lift and into my room without being observed. The day of the ball at the Hall of Nobility, Boris sent a message reminding me of the engagement I had made with his daughter. At ten o'clock that evening... I was standing by her side, in the middle of the ballroom, waiting for the orchestra to strike up the first waltz. Shall we dance, Sophia?
0: Did you tell him?
3: Tell who what?
0: I know my father wants to know about the other evening.
3: As a matter of fact, I haven't seen your father since. You don't wish me to?
0: No. Please. Please.
3: Would you allow me to say, Sophia, you are very becoming in your white gown.
0: Thank you, Monsieur Ivan.
3: And that turquoise cross you are wearing. Lovely.
0: A gift from a girlfriend.
3: Oh. Is she here tonight?
0: No. She is one of them. Oh. She has gone away. She gave it to me as a party. Oh, I haven't stopped thinking about it. Oh, if you only knew. That saintly man is everything everyone has said.
3: Did you see what he made me see?
0: Oh, no, but I could tell. The vision was in your eyes. <laughs>
3: there could be other explanations, scientific.
0: For you, perhaps.
3: You dance very well, Sophia. Sophia. Did you learn that in France?
0: Monsieur Ivan, I know you wish to talk about Vassili, the mystic. I also am not so certain you believe in him. So you don't have to make small talk.
3: My dear little Sophia, I am more than twice as old as you, and I have seen much of the world. There is such a thing as magnetism, one man's will brought under the influence of another man.
0: But Vasily's will is more than human. It is the will of the creator. Oh, I don't know why I thought you would be different from my father. More understanding, perhaps. But I see not. You are just the same.
3: I did not dance again with Sophia. She had disappeared. I chatted for a bit with old Boris... He insisted on taking me over to the punch bowl and, for the best part of an hour, would not leave my side. My dear Ivan, do they pay you well, these government officials? I have only myself to take care of. My parents have died. You know I'm not married. Oh, yes. Yes, I know that. So I have a little house outside of Moscow. Satisfactory. I would like you to consider coming in with me into the importing business. Ever since my wife passed away, she used to work with me side by side. I have no one. And it is lonely. My dear Boris... Don't say no. Say you will consider. I saw the way my Sophia looked at you while you were dancing. You will admit a beautiful, charming girl, huh? None more beautiful? Boris, you must be joking. I'm the same age as you. She could be my daughter. Are you saying Sofia is not attractive to you? I don't say no. I don't say yes. I don't understand. You haven't seen me in 20 years. Ivan, let me be frank with you. I am frightened. Forget what I said about marriage. If you could either obtain a leave of absence from your post... or give it up entirely. If you could remain here in Tula for, say, six months... You must tell me why. As I said, I am frightened. The night before last, the town council met... and decided to run that fellow who brings back the dead... ...out of town. The police went there this morning. He had gone. They questioned an old lady... ...who said he may have gone to Moscow. So you're well rid of him. Two of my dearest friends in tula ...they both consulted this man... ...and three days later... ...their eldest daughters disappeared... ...and have not been heard from since... But what has one to do with the other? Both men told me they had described their experience of seeing the dead to their daughters. I still can't see how Dear Ivan, I plead with you. If you could stay in Tula and only occasionally see my Sophia, come over to the house as a friend, perhaps even as a business associate, it might distract her. I don't know what to say. I... I am expected back in Moscow. I have responsibility. Don't say no. Say you will think about it tonight. Really, Boris, I think this is a matter for the authorities, the police. If it is true this Vasily is influencing young ladies to run away, I don't see what can be done. How can I sit back and do nothing when I fear this danger to my Sofia? Believe me, if I knew how to help you, Boris, I would. Was being torn in two. On the one hand, if this extraordinary Vasily was the cause of these girls leaving home, or if nothing else, making them realize how dull life in this town was, what could stop their escape? I did not wish to become enmeshed in their problem. What good could I do? I decided to leave for Moscow by the earliest morning train and had Andrei Andreev accompany me to the station. I had no idea your census work was done it isn't andre they shall have to complete the report without me i don't understand were you recalled to moscow no i must leave it it's a personal matter i don't wish to pry but i i will be asked what happened they will send somebody else from moscow if it's necessary i think we had better hurry and get my bags onto the platform that's my train isn't it uh, i will help you andre thank you again for all your assistance I can manage the bags, thank you. All aboard! All aboard! Goodbye, Ivan. That girl getting onto the train. Sophia! Sophia! Uh, into the last car. All aboard! Get on, Ivan, get on. The, the, The train
2: is moving. Strange tale, isn't it? The twists, the turns, the crossroads to which life can take you suddenly after so many years find a man with whom you went to college to meet his daughter a girl with a childlike face and an impenetrable soul but there is much more to this narrative of Ivan Turgenev's, as you will discover when you join me upon my return shortly with act three tropolov suspect that the beautiful daughter of your school friend is running away she is on this very train that is taking you back to moscow although you are reluctant to become involved in other people's problems if sofia is on this train you must find her and dissuade her from
3: anything foolish i remembered our last dance and the words she had said to me I am disappointed in you, she had said. I I thought you would be more understanding than my father. But you are not. You are just the same. I walked along the train corridors through coach after coach, looking into each compartment, into each seat to find her. When I did, I would prove to Sophia I could be understanding. Sophia. Hello. Hello. I see there is a place beside you. Will you allow me to sit down?
0: By all means.
3: Sophia, I shall come right to the point. Can you be truthful with me?
0: I am not sure I can trust you with the truth.
3: You think me untrustworthy because I could not believe in miracles?
0: You could, you know. Where I am going, I shall be born again.
3: So you are running away.
0: Not running from, Monsieur Ivan, but running to. Tickets, please. Tickets. Oh, I, I didn't have time to purchase a ticket to the station.
3: Where are you going? Uh, she's going to Moscow with me. Uh, here is my ticket. Uh, how much for her fare? Five rubles. Single fare to Moscow, monsieur. Um, here you are. Oh, thank you, monsieur. Tickets, please.
0: All tickets, please. Why did you do that?
3: Perhaps to save you a little money. Perhaps to show you I can be trusted. Why are you going to Moscow?
0: Because you bought me a ticket?
3: Sophia.
0: To find a teacher. A leader. A spiritual leader.
3: You are giving up your father, your brothers and sisters for a spiritual life. Oh, Sophia. And that was that. Sophia and her father disappeared out of my life. I went from census collector to supervisor in the two years that passed. Oh, yes, occasionally I thought about Sophia. And I suppose because I am still not married, wondered what became of her. But fate plays tricks. And one evening, while traveling, a sudden storm forced me to spend the night at a posting station inn. May I have a lodging for the
4: night? Oh, you must be wet through and through. Uh, do go sit by the fire, sir. I shall bring you some quass.
3: Our axles sunk into the mud three times. Oh, my poor driver.
4: Take off your boots, sir.
3: If I can. I'm exhausted.
4: Here you are, sir. Drink it all down. It will raise the spirits and lower the fever. If you will excuse me, I shall go prepare your room. Ah, Thank you.
3: And could you bring me a samovar? Oh, uh, what is your name?
4: Akulina. At your service, your lordship.
3: I was given a room with a broken-down sofa, a sloping floor, and torn paper on the walls, but at least I was indoors and drying out. I sat looking out the window at the rain, thinking to myself, would it not be better to have some government job that kept me in one place? And I must have dozed off because I awoke with a start. Ah,
1: Colina. Ah, the blessings of God to you and all within your house.
4: Where is your husband? Oh, dear me, Holy Pilgrim. Stepanovich is visiting his ailing sister. God be with him, and God bless you. And this day. sit. Sit, Holy Pilgrim, here by the fire. Akulina, where are you going? I have to bring a samovar to a guest. I shall be back, Holy Pilgrim. Your Lordship, I have brought you your tea. Thank you.
3: Uh, Put the samovar here by the window.
4: Golden rags and blessed, merciful God, merciful God. Who is that? That, Your Honor, is a blessed holy man. We know him as the holy pilgrim. I pray for our suffering, the blessings of God. I must go, sir. I do not wish to miss one word of his blessed presence.
3: Pilgrim was sitting with his back to me. In front of him knelt a frail-looking woman whose face I could not see. She was trying to pull the boots from the madman.
0: Aquilina, have you any oil? The Pilgrim has a wound on his foot. Oh, a Magdalene,
4: a Magdalene. I, I, I will fetch you some
1: oil. My dear little follower, what care I for wounds on the foot? I am to walk the highways and byways and preach denial, so I must deny myself also the
4: comforts. But holy pilgrim, Here, here is some oil I have spooned from a lamp. Oh,
1: my sweet
0: child,
1: my dear daughter, I am so tired.
0: Thank you, Arcolina, for the oil.
4: for that saintly man... Anything.
0: Do you have some hay, Akulina? Vasily likes to sleep on hay. Oh,
4: to be sure there is. Come, come this way. I see a man
1: standing by the fire. Uh, God asks me to bless him. Bless you, my son. Bless you. Thank you. God will arise. Remember that God will arise.
3: The pilgrim was Vasily, who for 70 rubles had once shown me my dead French professor. I slept later than usual that night, and the next morning it was still raining. But I had to be on my way. I stood at the door waiting for the boy to make the horses and carriage ready... ...and the old innkeeper, Aculina, came up behind me.
4: Did your honor observe the young lady who was tending to our pilgrim? Not really.
3: Her face was hidden in her shawl.
4: She is a young lady of an important family in Tula. What? It's the truth, I am telling you. Before you arose this morning, some merchants arrived from Tula... They saw her fetching water from the well, and they recognized her.
3: Is the pilgrim still here?
4: He has gone to meditate in the fields. And the young lady? She is still drying out their clothes in the kitchen.
3: Thank you. I shall go have a word with her. Sophia.
0: Who are you? That is not my name.
3: It was your name. Sophia do you not remember me Ivan Tripolov
0: my, my name my name is yes. don't cry
3: if you don't wish me to call you Sophia i shall not oh my dear girl two years two years
0: no i have found the light And that is all that matters.
3: I say to myself, it can't be you in such a dress, in such company.
0: Whoever you are.
3: You know who I am.
0: Part of my childhood, perhaps.
3: But why? Why?
0: Do not leave your garden unweeded. Do not step over a sick dog in the road, unmindful. Do what your heart tells you you must.
3: You are thinner. Your skin is burned.
0: Do not talk of exteriors. You cannot see the happiness in my soul.
3: The child in you, where is she now? There is hardness there.
0: No good will come of your talking this way. Vasili will return from the fields, and I shall go with him.
3: I shall plead with him to let you go.
0: I do not want to leave him. He is the reason for my existence.
3: the rain
1: is cleansing. Ah, good little follower, you are drying our clothes. God have mercy on all of us. I shall sit here and remember the sun and the moon and the stars.
0: No, no, Vasily, do not sit. There is danger here. We must go. Danger. We must go now. There are others who await your good words.
1: So be it, my good girl. We shall go. Help
4: me fasten my cloak. Yes. Please hurry. Oh, you—you you are leaving so soon. But the rain is coming down harder. Oh, your holiness, I beg you to wait. Come along, Vasili. We must hurry. Yes. Yes. The
1: blessings of God upon this house? Sophia!
4: Why did they leave so hurriedly like that? Oh, well. We must be thankful for the blessings bestowed on us and not wish for more.
0: My dear
3: Ivan, what you tell me, I... I don't know what to say. What can I do? She thinks she has found the way to peace with this madman. But I think she is lost.
1: Oh, my Sophia.
3: To throw up everything, everyone, her family, friends... break with all the comforts of life. For what? Oh, it is hard for us to understand. How did it happen? Do you know... the two other daughters who left Tula a few weeks before Sophia... Do you know they were found floating in the Volga? At least my Sophia is alive. She is strong. Why didn't you stop her? I didn't have the right. I don't blame her. I could never blame anyone for sacrificing everything for what they thought the truth. Not to choose that path. We were dancing the waltz, she and I. And in such an earnest voice, little Sophia talked of sacrifice. Self-humiliation, she called it. She wanted to lie down, be trodden underfoot, trampled on. She wanted a leader, a guide, and she found him. But, my God, what a guide. months later, I heard her father had found her and brought her home. But like a wild bird in captivity, she sang no more, spoke not a word, and died. I console myself sometimes in the thought that dear, impetuous, strong-willed Sophia, in her own way, lived An entire lifetime. And in those words, the author,
2: Ivan Turgenev, closes the book, ends the lifetime of Sophia. As for Vasily the Pilgrim, Turgenev says, that man is probably on his crazy wanderings still. The iron health of such people is truly marvelous. I'll be back shortly with a few more words of Dr. Gainiff, the Master Storyteller. Where did you ever get the idea that the young and what they wish to do with their lives is a problem unique to today? Ivan Turgenev wrote about Sophia and the Pilgrim in 1881, almost 100 years ago. So powerful were his stories that some of them even influenced the Tsar to liberate the serfs. But for all the mystery and magic, Ivan Turgenev always wrote of hope. Our cast included Gordon Heath, Jada Rowland, Robert Dryden, Bryna Rayburn, and Russell Horton.